a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet V. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. And as ever, it's that phrase again, what a week it's been. On Monday, it looked as if we could have a change of Prime Minister, but Mr Johnson just about survived. Now, of course, he can implement all of those green policies he promised. Let's speak to our man who would kick any vote of confidence squarely in the kahunas. He is the green entrepreneur and environmentalist, Dale Vince. Dale, morning to you. Yeah, morning, Ian. How's things? Yeah, it, there was a moment there, wasn't it? You thought, well, is there mm. a new Prime Minister by Tuesday? Oh, didn't happen. No, it didn't happen, did it? And um, yeah, green policies, you're, you're obviously having a laugh there. Big bucket of irony thrown yeah. onto that. And but, but, but I'm here thinking, as you say that, well, how about policies full stop, right? I mean, where are the policies of this government that aren't just uh, culture war driven, you know, like selling off Channel 4 and and um, exporting asylum seekers to Rwanda? Do you know what I mean? I mean, what have they got by way of real policy that's doing anything about the uh, price of living crisis, the energy crisis, yeah, yeah. the climate crisis, you know, you name it, the Brexit crisis. Yeah, and, and you know, the energy crisis. I mean, I saw this headline as well uh, in, in the week in The Guardian. I, I know you spotted it too. The failure by governments and businesses to accelerate energy efficiency efforts is inexplicable. Uh, this is according to the International Energy Agency. Because you'd yeah. think, you know, you get a, a lot of grown men and women in a room. Somebody would come up with something. <laughs> but we we all know this, right? That when you're paid, by the way, to yeah, come up with stuff. To come up with something. But you know, the the, the data's out there, the facts are out there. Everybody knows that the, the you know the the cheapest energy that we can make is the energy that we don't waste by having energy efficiency. You know, that we get the biggest return, bang for buck by investing in energy efficiency than in anything else. Mm. You know, forget heat pumps, solar panels, you know, whatever, drilling in the North Sea. The IEA come up with a, a great kind of graphic way to describe this. If we double the rate of energy efficiency improvement from just 2%, as, as where it stands at, to 4% for a decade, we could slash global energy use by the same amount that China uses every year. Right, China, the, the favor of the right-wing anti-climate people is like, you know, well, what's the point of us doing anything if China doesn't? All we've got to do is get to 4% uh, improvement in energy efficiency for a decade, and China becomes irrelevant. Yeah. You might, again, you know, you might think people who are specifically paid to, it's not like, it's not like they've got another job going on. This is the job, right? A, a significant part of it. That's right. And and then in a further part of the story, uh, it points out that uh, the government just approved a new gas field in the North Sea and another 8 billion of additional projects. This is investment in fossil fuels. And another report from a different think tank says, actually, with that 8 billion, we could insulate 3 million homes in the next handful of years and save those families between 500 and 1,000 pounds a year. I mean, what's the better way to spend money? Investing in fossil fuels that are going to run out or investing in using less energy? 
Uh, we will ponder and continue to return to that, and we won't take our foot off the gas either. Here's a question from Greg on Twitter. I know you'll both be at WOMAD, uh, but do you publish your speaking engagements and appearances elsewhere, Dale? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I bump into them in my diary and go, oh, shit, Are they I'm not in like, the today. Telegraph every day, the, the court <laughs> circular, you know, when they have like, what the Queen is up to? There should be a mm. sort of little caveat to that. And also... Dale will be at the chip shop at six. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, on a Thursday, that, that, that happens. I'll be at the chip shop after football. There you football. go. So yeah. we, we've already covered. We've answered part of Greg's question. His thirst for your diary has been... I'm going to be at WOMAD. We're going to be at WOMAD, actually. Yeah, we? absolutely. Yeah. John Snow's going to be at WOMAD. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. And we're recording a podcast at WOMAD on the Saturday yeah. morning. I think. Live on stage. That is, what, end of July, I think? Mm, I think it is, yeah. I've heard that rumour. Tail end of July. In fact, if there were, if there was somewhere where my engagements were published, I'd probably go look. Well, that's true. I mean, Greg's kind of rumbled you there, really, hasn't he? Because he's, yeah. he's exposed the <laughs> <laughs> the flaw. Because you know, he's, he's simultaneously asked a question which forced us to admit that there is no diary. Actually, we we don't have this on the agenda, but on the subject of where I'm going to speak. I'm off to Vienna this weekend. I'm meeting Arnie in Vienna at a climate conference and doing some kind of panel there with him. Hang on a second. We're five minutes into a podcast and suddenly you've dropped the Arnie bomb. Arnie bomb. (laughs) So you're meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger in Vienna. Yes. That just sounds like a plot of one of his films, doesn't it? Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I'm going overland, as you might imagine, on trains. Yeah, uh, of course. Which is going to be a bunch of fun. Uh, yeah. I've never been to Vienna before. But, yeah, we got uh, we got contact from Arnie's people a few months ago saying they love what Forest Green are doing. Can we come to this conference that he's, yeah. you know, I think, jointly organizing in Vienna, some global climate thing? I forget the title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, I can't turn that down, right? No. Yeah. He's been there before. I, I, I knew he'd be back. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. <laughs> that that sounds like an amazing weekend. Are you going to go on the town with Arnie? Hey, I don't know. I don't know if he does stuff like that, but I do. Yeah, maybe so back. maybe I'll, I'll <laughs> encourage him. Well, that's for you to drag him out then. It's just kind of as simple as <laughs> that's that. Right. That's right. I thought um, I'd challenge him to an arm wrestle, actually, just for the kick. Yeah, you know. I, I, I sense that might end in tears. Yeah. But who's, right? Well, yeah, it's a, life's full of surprise. He's an older guy now, so who knows? Here's a headline. Uh, Climate change, Ukraine war prompts fossil fuel gold rush, according to a report. The world is witnessing a gold rush for new fossil fuel projects, according to a report by leading climate change researchers. What's going on here? Yeah, you've got to say it's fool's gold, right? Yeah, right. Good point. Um, and, yeah, we were just talking just now about the eight, eight billion being invested in the North Sea. I mean, what is the point, right? I mean, for, for one thing, Nothing we produce in the North Sea has saved us a single penny in the energy crisis. 50% of our gas came from the North Sea this winter, and it never saved us a penny. It doesn't matter if we get to 70%, 100% even, it won't save us any money because we let global commodity markets set the price of the fossil fuels we sell to ourselves from our own North Sea. In any case, you know the North Sea is running out. It's going to be empty by 2030. So really, what's the point, guys? Feels good. What is, what is the point? Um, question here from Dawn on Facebook. What do you think the government will do when energy bills go up again? Is there anything else they can do? I'm struggling to pay and it's causing me sleepless nights. And I think Dawn probably sits with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people in that, that, that assessment, of course, because we've had this massive hike, but this is the, just the first one. There's another on the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even the first one. It's just the first one this year. Sure. Uh, we, we get two a year, although often wants to make it four a year. Just Why is there another one on the way, by the way? 
because um, it gets updated twice a year, so it'll happen again. Well, can't, can't they update it and not rise the, the the cost? I mean, what what's going on here? Why are bills going to definitely go up in October? It's the global commodity markets, are, you know, setting the price of oil and gas that sets the price of electricity. We become globalized in this way that we allow, uh, you know, the, the global marketplace to dictate what we pay for energy, even when we make it from our own North Sea. I mean, it's, it's madness, in my opinion. We need to break that link and we need to break the link to fossil fuels as well. I mean, what the government are doing is throwing money at the high energy bills, you know, like billions and billions of pounds. I think they're now going to give us all 400 quid off our energy bills, whereas a few months ago, uh, Sunak's big wheeze was to lend us all 200 quid to help with energy bills. But this 400 quid they're going to give us now is dwarfed by the, you know, the increase in in bills that's coming in October. I mean, energy bills this winter are going to be 3,000 pounds a year on average, right? That's twice what they were last year. It's 1,500 quid more and the government are going to give us all 400 quid. And if you own a second or third home, you're going to get that 400 quid twice or three times as well, which is a bit clumsy, right? Yes. But, but what they really should be doing is investing that money in ways to bring bills down, like energy efficiency, because we can save an awful lot of money permanently by using wasting less energy. Yeah. Uh, let's move to this story from New Zealand, uh, where the Kiwis have unveiled plans to slap a tax on cow and sheep burps uh, to cut greenhouse gas methane. I love it. A fart tax, isn't it? That's what it is. Essentially, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a Trump tax. A <laughs> Trump tax. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just another version of a cow tax or a meat tax. So, you know, call it what you will, right? Animal agriculture is driving the climate crisis and all kinds of other problems. You know, we've taken all of the land from nature globally in order to grow crops, to feed animals, to feed ourselves. We're killing ourselves in the process with this poisonous food, killing the planet. And... um we have to do something about it, you know, and taxing it is, uh, you know, it's a pretty conventional way to go about it. And I mean, look at tobacco, um, you know, that gets, it's been taxed to hell, isn't it? It's a, it's a curious stat out there as well in New Zealand. You've got 5 million people, but 26 million sheep. <laughs> That's just wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody could own five sheep. Yeah, I was waiting for you to do the maths there. <laughs> I think that's about right. There's also 10 million cattle as well. I know they. this is a big export industry for them. Yeah. Uh, nearly half its total greenhouse gas emissions come from farming, mm. uh, mainly in the form of methane. I don't, I don't know how you – what do you put, a photometer on the anus of the beast? How do you – I don't know, right? I don't do know how do they this? do that. <laughs> I don't know how a lot of stats come to us. Do you know what I mean? How do, we, how do we know how much the world's cows fart and burp every year? Yeah. I don't know extrapolation of data i guess but um you know it's not just new zealand that have these incredible ratios in britain we raise and kill a billion animals a year right there's only 60 million of us in this country it's a billion animals a lot of them are chickens right so smaller than a sheep or cow yeah yeah. um, but still and that doesn't count fish right that's just land animals a billion that's an extraordinary number isn't it yeah yeah, I mean, do the maths, as uh, as everybody says. But yes, you, you haven't got to be that au fait with the environmental components and the arguments to see where the problem is just based on that number. No, absolutely not. In fact, interesting, talking about animals, I, I spotted this story. The energy costs, uh, rising energy costs are forcing owners to give up pet reptiles. So people who own those kind of bearded lizards and snud, why the hell anybody wants to is another matter. But of course, they usually require, you know, fairly strong lighting mm. uh, for warmth and the like for the beasts. Mm. So as a result, people are giving them up. Yeah. 
Uh, you make me think, actually, I mean, spare a thought for skunk farmers, right? They need a lot of electricity. Yeah. Weed. I mean, skunk weed, not the beast. Skunk. I'm sorry. I thought you were actually talking about skunks. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> going to argue with you. I thought, wow, skunk farming. I'm not familiar with this. So, yeah, people are getting rid of corn snakes and, and, and various other things for, for that reason. I don't see that as a bad thing. Do you want to keep a bloody anaconda in your house for? You live on the 18th floor of a tower block. It's not quite right, is it? For the creature, it's definitely Buffalo not right. in the dining room and anaconda in the living room. <laughs> some people love that stuff. Yeah, and skunk. Some people love skunk as well. That's very true. Yeah, pricey for those guys. Uh, this from Brett. Uh, Hi, Dale. Big fan and listener since the first episode. I'm researching ecotricity for an academic paper that looks at government policy around onshore wind. I know you haven't built windmills since 2007, but would you consider planning projects as a wind cooperative? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah. So we put out this plan a couple of years ago. We called it 100 Windmills for Gloucestershire. It was a Ron Seal name. We did a study of the entire county uh, using GIS software and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we, we were looking for how many windmills it would take to power all of the homes in the county of Gloucestershire. It's about 600,000 people. And we found it was 100 windmills and that we just needed 3% of the hilltop land. Um, and, you know, that looked to us like a very, uh, very reasonable ask. But in our concept, we went further than that. The, the, the idea of community ownership and community benefit is out there, but it's only really available to people with money to buy shares. And so it's exclusive and we don't really like that. So we proposed that the local authorities of the county of Gloucestershire would own these 100 windmills and they would have collectively uh, an income, a benefit, a, a profit of about £7 million a year that they wow. could use to spend on local services, which goes to benefit everybody. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of community ownership but the community needs to be bigger than just the people that can afford shares in my opinion and this story as well britain's food supply is now vulnerable after spiraling energy bills prompted the permanent closure of one of only two major fertilizer plants farmers and meat processors warn that domestic fertilizer supplies are now under threat after cf fertilizers announced it would shut down one of britain's largest ammonia plants what do we make mm. of this yeah they they own two uh, as you say and the government bailed one of them out kept it running last summer and this second one hasn't been used since then so they're really just shutting down something that's not being used and the threat that people are talking about is just the fact that if one of them breaks or blows up we don't have another one which yeah. is you know, understandable, but I think it's a bit hyped up to say we're suddenly vulnerable. But what it does show us how dependent we are on fossil fuels because fertilizer is made from natural gas or fossil gas. And, uh, you know, agriculture depends on it. A byproduct is CO2 and the slaughterhouse industry relies on CO2. Yeah. It's euphemistically described as um, stunning animals before killing them, but actually it suffocates them uh, to death is what CO2 is used for. It's a rather brutal way to kill creatures like chickens who are lowered in cages into uh, CO2 chambers. They're literally gas chambers, and then they're suffocated to death. But yeah, so that, that hideous industry relies on CO2 as a byproduct of fertilizer. Wow. Um, I wanted to put this story in as well. I know it goes into what we've just been discussing about energy bills, but there was one story that kind of goes against some of the grim headlines, that energy bills could fall for most households uh, under Ofgem plans to cut the standing charge. Can we just add that onto what we were just talking about, Dale? What do you think? It, it really is fiddling with the with the edges of the problem, right? We're looking at energy bills of about £3,000 a year on average from this October, and these standing charges 
what are they going to be, uh, 5% of that, 150 quid a year? And, you know, if Ofgem take them away, uh, they'll just put them somewhere else. I mean, they can't take that cost away literally. They'll just say to energy companies, don't charge standing charges anymore, uh, but recoup those costs through a higher unit rate. And, and that will help people that don't use a lot of energy um, but have this relatively high standing charge compared to their energy bill. But, you know, they can't magic away the cost of running networks, which is That's what true. the standing charges are for. So it's all a bit something and nothing, in my opinion. Uh, and a final question from Yvette on Twitter. Why, it goes back to the age old, we're back, almost back to where we began. Why are politicians fixated on fossil fuels, even when they know renewables work? Again, it comes back to the group of people sitting in a room. You have one job. And <laughs> for some reason, well, let's go for something that is more expensive and destructive rather than this. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. You know, you've got people like the Oil and Gas Authority saying the North Sea will be empty by 2030. And that if we had fracking now, it would be all gone by 2030. And yet you've got a government doubling down on fossil fuel investment in the face of the climate crisis. And all we're doing is kicking this can down the road. We know that we have to stop using fossil fuels. You know, let's call it by 2030 in Britain, or let's say at least we won't be making any here. What are we waiting for? Why aren't we investing now in renewable energy and energy efficiency and have all of the benefits of that sooner rather than later and maybe if we're lucky avoid the worst of the climate crisis it couldn't get any more stupid in my opinion there it is um that is it for this episode um, have a cracking week dale we'll speak next friday oh i was thinking i was thinking an arnie sign off right but, oh yes uh, yeah. yes he will yeah. be back and be i back, can't wait uh, we'll get the arnie lowdown uh, this time next week I'm, I'm, Ian, I'm, I'm going to ask him for something special. I decided not to go for the arm wrestle, right? I'm going to try and get a recording from him of three words for this podcast. Fantastic. He'll, he'll be back. Beautiful. That's what we need, isn't it? That's what we yeah, need. He'll fabulous. do that for us. He'll do that. Dale will. Vince. He won't argue with you, Dale. <laughs> Speaking of week, Dale. Yeah, cheers. Have See a good one. That's it for this episode. Don't forget to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. And do follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash Dale Vince, facebook.com slash Dale Vince. Zero Carbon East Off.